Thanks for joining us today for our conversation with Florence Martin. Florence serves as the director of the Better Care Network. The Better Care Network advocates for changes to policies to improve children's care situations around the globe, and they've been a really strong partner in our work. Today, we will explore the important role of gatekeeping to ensure healthy and appropriate child care placements and settings. Hi, Florence. Let's dive in. What is gatekeeping? Gatekeeping, at a very simple level, is really how we make the best decision for children. It looks very different in very different contexts. As you can understand from your own experience, in, in a different context, you will have different resources, different mechanisms, different government uh, involvement, dis- different community level involvement, uh, different skills in terms of who gets involved in those decisions. Parents, children and families come into contact with a system in different ways, in different contexts. And so the gatekeeping mechanism itself, how those decisions are made about children's care, need to recognize the, the diversity of that context. At the same time, there's some fundamental elements that we've identified across the learning through literature, through through studies and through practice, through working with the practitioners that we've identified as absolutely key for uh, the right decisions to be made about children. What are the types of issues that children and families face in terms of their care that actually may require gatekeeping? And when does gatekeeping come into play? Why is it or how a child uh, comes into into gatekeeping is a really good question. Generally, they come to this in very different ways. It can be an emergency. A child can be actually separated from their from their families, from their caregivers, the parents uh, in a given emergency. It can be a personal or social emergency. Um, it can be that a parent has moved away. It could be that a parent has died. It can be that the family, which normally operates to be protective, is actually unable to be protective of that particular child. There's so many different reasons why care can become a a serious issue for a child. Gatekeeping mechanism is really about assessing that, those drivers. It's about helping uh, the families, the communities, the authorities together with the communities to make decisions and together with the child and the family to identify really what is at the root uh, of the, the challenges they're facing. Most families want to care for their children appropriately. Most families do so. But there are a whole range of circumstances where not be, that might not be the case. And this vary enormously. Generally, what needs to happen, first of all, is an understanding of that situation and what, therefore, on the basis of that assessment, would be the appropriate response to that. Gatekeeping really fulfills a critical role because it brings together a whole range of actors that are needed really for for making the right decision for children's care. It often includes professionals. It includes often community members that have been identified as having a particular understanding of the community life and the family life there. It can include a whole range of actors. Can you elaborate on the steps taken when gatekeeping does come into play? Generally, the aim of a gatekeeping mechanism is to stop a child entering alternative care or being separated from their family or separated from their primary caregiver. But there will be circumstances where that's needed. So you will have a decision, first of all, is is that child's safety at risk? And if the child's safety is at risk in that particular care situation, then the gatekeeping mechanism is going to be identifying what needs to be done. If the child's safety is not an immediate risk, 
well, what are the issues? And working with that families, with that gatekeeping uh, group of people that have an interest in understanding what's happening, how can the support be provided for, so these issues are resolved? Secondly, if the child's safety is really at risk, then there will be a decision of what can we do to ensure the child is safe right now. And that might mean placing the child with a, a relative for a period of time. It can be uh, placing the child with a community member for a given period of time. It can be placing the child in an alternative care, in foster care, for example. Or it can be placing the child in a residential care facility for a period of time while an assessment is being done to ensure that that child is safe. The gatekeeping mechanism is also about considering what the alternatives, what the options are. And it's ensuring that those options are available as well. Because the gatekeeping mechanism can only function if you've got these alternative options. And that means because every child is different and every family is different, once you've got the assessment, you will identify if the issue really is access to school and it's an issue of funds or it's an issue of transport or let's deal with this as it is, for what it is, and let's find the funds to transport the access to school. If the issue is violence in the family, you're going to have a very different set of issues. One of the things that, that's critical about why we need a gatekeeping mechanism is that it's, it's really a mechanism that continues throughout the situation for the child. It doesn't only work at the level of doing the assessment, making the decision, and then the child is placed either with a family or in alternative care or in residential care, and then we wash our hands of it, quite to the contrary. It also keeps following on the child and it keeps following on the decision and will not really stop its work until uh, the appropriate, permanent, safe, and the right decision for the child is maintained. It's not a one-off, but it's actually a kind of wraparound uh, system to enable the child right, and the child and the family get the right services, and that those services continue until the child is back in a care situation that's really in its, in its best interest, in the girl's or boy's best interest. The Better Care Network and UNICEF recently released a working paper that highlights the role of gatekeeping in strengthening family care and reforming alternative care systems. Tell us a little bit about this paper and how it can be helpful to those who are serving vulnerable children. One of the things we wanted to do is understand from different contexts what works best and what are the key elements that are needed in order to have an effective gatekeeping process, but also having uh, uh, the understanding of the diversity and how that would look like in different contexts. What are the, the main components and who's involved, how the child and the family is involved, who else is involved, uh, um, all, of, all of the aspects around what makes gatekeeping work, or also what are the challenges to gatekeeping working at the country level. And we drew the, the learning from that and identified a number of key elements, which really are absolutely fundamental to gatekeeping in any country, in any co given context. At the same time, we also looked at the diversity and we looked at some of the key elements which, which look different in the context. What is the journey of a child going into a care situation where the issue is identified and then moved through a gatekeeping process and to alternative care. How does this work in reality and what are the differences in different contexts? We identify a number of key elements, one of which is you need to have a dedicated mechanism, which is locally managed and, and locally mandated. It's actually quite, quite straightforward. You've got to have a group of people that come together 
that have the skills and that have the mandate. In other words, they're recognized as the people who are best placed to make those decisions together with the family and the child. This mechanism needs to be locally managed. The only level in which you really are going to understand the family, the community, the needs, the particular resources available there is going to be locally based. The second thing, of course, is nothing can operate unless you've got some form of a, of a, of a legal policy framework. It's very important to have a framework that recognizes the role of gatekeeping and who are these, these community groups uh, that are actually mandated to make those decisions. While the decision and the process itself, the assessment and so on, is extremely, it's extremely individual, you also need to ensure that you've got a level of external accountability as well, that these decisions are not just subjective decisions. So you're going to need protocols for that, particularly to support a comprehensive assessment. It's absolutely critical to have an effective comprehensive assessment of the situation of the child and the family throughout the process. And then another thing which is absolutely critical is you need to a continuum of services. That's where the continuum becomes so key. You can have the best gatekeeping mechanism if those members and the family and the, and the, and the child don't have access to these alternatives. Then that group is going to be stuck coming up with an alternative, which is actually probably not in the best interest of the child. With the best assessment, you can't do very much if you've only got one form of alternative care to offer. If you've only got residential care, you don't have family support services, you're not going to be able to do effective gatekeeping. If you've only got support services for the family, but you don't also have alternative family care, you don't have foster care, you don't have extended family care, you don't have residential care, then you are going to not be able to address the needs of particular children. So the continuum of services must be there, it must be available in order to address the particular needs of each child individually. And that means human and financial resources. That's another key element. And in many countries, the resources that are being used, they don't need to be professional in every case, but th that entails resources. You need people who are going to be able to provide the time, the skill, and the energy to actually make those assessments and, and make the right decision for children. And that's, that's uh, you know, dedicated resources and also dedicated skills to do that. And finally, you need uh, a level of oversight and coordination. And the reason is quite straightforward, which is that, that need for some kind of external oversight. You need to ensure that the decisions are taken really for the best interest of children. You need to ensure that the, the procedures are followed. And the state has a very important role as being really responsible for child welfare and child protection. So often it's going to be a local social authority, but there are other mechanisms as well. Uh, that will ensure that there is a mandated agency that can ensure that things are happening for the child and for the family appropriately. So these are the, the, the key elements. Another one that we've identified that the practice shows its best is the child's participation. The family's participation is absolutely critical. But children, including young children, often are in a very good position to participate. And they're always pretty much in a very good position to say what they feel is, is their need and what they would like in terms of the, of the process. Now, the report also does something which is useful, which is it, it goes through five very different countries. We're talking about Brazil, Rwanda, we're talking about Indonesia, Bulgaria. We're looking at these countries and we're saying, you know, how does it work in that country? What does gatekeeping look like? We have information about their gatekeeping mechanism and how it works. How is the identification of the care issues to start with? And then once you've got identification, where does that information go? What process is being followed? And so those graphs 
provide really interesting examples of how it's done differently and also how it's done at different stages. One of the interesting examples, for example, in Bulgaria, we, you know, Bulgaria has a real issue of children being abandoned in maternity ward, in hospitals. And so the, the, the Bulgarian uh, child protection uh, actors work together to identify how can we create a gatekeeping mechanism linked to the hospitals to ensure that as a parent might, a mother, a father may make the decision to abandon a child in, in the hospital. How do we work with them to understand what their needs are? Why they're thinking of doing that? Are there things that could be done to actually support them to care for the child? If it's not, how do we help them make that decision? The Bulgaria example shows a gatekeeping mechanism that operates very much with an entry point in the hospital. In Brazil, at the local level, you will have a mixture of community volunteers together with social authorities that form a gatekeeping uh, uh, committee. And they make those decisions based on local paraprofessionals together with professionals doing the assessment. Uh, the individual community members are part of this process of understanding what's going on, what services are available, and making decisions about that, that and following up on the process. And so it's not a one-off decision, but it's a, it's a constant process of identifying what's best for the child. In Rwanda, where you have a relatively new social work system, you don't really have a tradition of formal social welfare, social work system, but you have very strong example of community-based uh, protection mechanisms. The gatekeeping of, uh, system operates through the community mechanisms with local leaders, with local uh, individuals who have a particular social interest and skills that are recognized by the community as people that have significant contribution to make about what's going on with families and the support that they need. And these, these mechanisms will operate at the community level together with the authorities on supporting the child and the family and then supporting the alternative mechanism as well, supporting the foster care family, supporting the residential care family, all through the process of finding the best solution for the child. So these country examples actually reflect the fundamental uh, principle that I've mentioned, but it also shows the very different ways in which the gatekeeping mechanisms operate in these different contexts. Some in our audience work in countries where many of the fundamental elements you noted just aren't fully functional. What then? In some countries, we will not have most of these elements in place. That doesn't mean you can't do gatekeeping. Gatekeeping happens at the level in which you inform yourself of what, what policies are in place. You ensure that if you're working with the residential care facilities, that the decision about the child, you do gatekeeping. You reach out to the community leaders. You reach out to, is there a local social affairs officer? Is there someone in the community that has a social role? And you identify how those decisions are made together and work as part of a process to really assess what the situation of the child and the family is, to get people with the skills to do that. So we're not suggesting that you're not doing gatekeeping if you don't have all of these elements. We suggest that you are a part of building those elements in the country, whether you're working at the local level, whether you're working at the district level, whether you're working at the, at the national level. That means you contribute to making sure that the decisions for children are really in their best interest and that they're done according to a process that, that assess what those interests are and that assess what the solutions are that are particular to the needs of their child and their families. Florence, thank you for sharing what you, what you have learned about gatekeeping and what needs to be in place to serve children and families well. 
I've learned a lot from you, as I always do. If folks want to learn more, where should they go? To get more information and to learn more about um, gatekeeping as well as alternative care and prevention of separation and supporting family care, you can go to Better Care Network website at www.bettercarenetwork.org. There's an online library of resources globally available of tools and information um, and documents, including the gatekeeping report that I mentioned. You can also find additional resources at the Faith to Action website, www.faithtoaction.org. Thanks for joining us today. 